This is episode five of my new show, Studio Hours, and in it we have a conversation with Kinsey McLaughlin. Kinsey currently lives in Los Angeles and works in corporate partnerships for the LA Chargers. And I had a blast getting to hear about her journey from Ole Miss to the Packers to the Vikings and now the Chargers. Uh, we talked about their efforts to build a franchise in Los Angeles, how the Chargers are trying to chart their own unique course from the other teams in the league, what it's like to be in the sports industry, and how she hopes to set a good example for kids who also want to get into sports after college. We also discussed the Chargers uniforms and why they are the absolute best in the league without question. All in all, great energy out of Kinsey. She's on a rocket ship. I hope y'all enjoy, and you can see more of what she's up to if you're curious. In there, It's linked in the show notes. So thank y'all for listening, and look forward to talking to you next time. We did it. That was so fast. <laughs> I was ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> that was that was A plus. I can tell you without a doubt, uh, that was the quickest join that anybody has ever had. Nice job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for being great uh, hosting <clears throat> for me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, so, <clears throat> I mean, uh, for those of you who have seen a couple of episodes of this, my name is Garrett. Uh, this is episode five of what I think I'm going to call Studio Hours. Uh, today, we have somebody really cool. Uh, her name is Kinsey. I'll let her introduce herself, but she's got a, a super interesting job, and I, I thought people might want to hear more about it. So, Kinsey, will you tell these guys a little bit about yourself, your background, just riff for a little while? Oh, yeah, of course. So, I'm Kinsey. I am from Wessex Village, Thousand Oaks, California, which is in Southern California. I currently live in Newport Beach. I've done a little bit of a tour day the States. Um, I went to college at Ole Miss, and then I went the Green Bay Packers right after college for an internship. The Vikings in 2019-2020, so probably their biggest rival, as people would argue. Mm -hmm. And then uh, last season was the Chargers and heading into my second season with the Chargers. So looking forward to seeing uh, what we have in store this season, especially with our new um, and improved roster. Be yeah. I, um, <laughs> it took me a minute, but I, decided, I, mean, I grew up in Dallas, so I'm a Cowboys guy. And, um, but I had, I felt like I'm 33 and I was like, it's time for me to pick an AFC team and I'm really going to lock in and I'm going to like, I'm going to make the call. And I picked the chargers. It was six or eight months ago before I knew about you, but, but, uh, they got the best jerseys. So yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm in the boat with you. I'm not arguing. Our powder blue jerseys are to die for. Creme de la creme. So good. Hey, shout out to Ole Miss because we had powder, powder blue jerseys at Ole Miss. So it just carried into this year. And I'm just like so pumped. So pumped for him. Ole Miss did look good in the powder blue. I was um, I was in New Orleans. I just so happened to be there for New Year's during the Sugar Bowl versus Baylor. And I can confidently tell you, and it probably is not too much of a surprise, the crowd on Bourbon Street after the game was about 90% blue, 10% green. Um, which doesn't really surprise me all that much based yeah. on what I know about Ole Miss. So it was an unfortunate loss for us, but yeah. definitely our motto is we may lose a game, but we never lose a party. So we never lose, we still lose. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So fits it perfectly. Hey, so I, I have heard that of Ole Miss, and and that's actually, I mean, I guess that's kind of how we know. Well, that's kind of how I got in contact with you is because I'm a friend of one of you know your old friends from Ole Miss. Will you uh, talk a little bit about the um, uh, the incredible illustrious Mary Clark? 
Yes. So MC, love her. She um, was a grad assistant in the marketing and fan experience department in Ole Miss Athletics. And so when I was a sophomore, um, just a quick background on me, I wanted to figure out how can I get involved in sports at Ole Miss. And so I was like, I'm going to do anything I can to get noticed. So I started painting up for games, like full face, dressing up in red and blue. And I will show you a picture later on. So sure. I don't know that about me. And immediately it caught the eyes of MC and a few of the other people that worked in that department. So they approached me at one of the games and they're like, Kinsey, we'd love for you to work in our department. Please apply. So I did. And from there, MC was my mentor slash also, I guess you could say boss um, at Ole Miss when I was a student worker there. And she is just incredible. Her dance moves, her personality, <laughs> about her. I wanted to be her. I wanted to be that. I get why. She's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so neat that you just start not on a whim, but like, I got to get involved. So you did the first thing you could think of. I got to paint up. Like, let me, let me try to be one of the coolest, wildest fans that I could be. And it snowballed from there. Yeah. And I think too, for me, like I didn't know anyone going there. So I really wanted to make sure I put myself out there yes. and something about me, I'm very extroverted. So I was like, I will do what it takes to get that notice. And you know, I guess fortunately it worked out. <laughs> That's cool. I'm trying to think. So you have effectively made a career out of being willing to paint your face. Um, <laughs> like at least that's where it started. Mm -hmm. I, Im imagine if you had gone a different direction. Like I want to be a mime. <laughs> this is way better. I paint their face too. Maybe I have that in my view. <laughs> you got all kinds of options. Wow. No, that's great. Hey, <clears throat> one more, um, or actually I've got a couple more, I guess a Mississippi related question. So this is extremely specific because I'm not all that knowledgeable. I would like to get your take, and I know it's probably going to be a, maybe a little bit biased. What's the story on Stark Vegas? So I did, I tried to go to at least one other SEC um, football game a year when I was at yeah. Ole Miss. I did go to Mississippi State since I did have friends down there just through friends from Ole Miss. And I didn't know a place could be outnumbered like with people with cows. And so like that's just kind <laughs> of on Stark Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of cows and not a lot of people here um no no shot they're great yeah. um i must say the cowbells was so annoying though i like i took six advil in the span of a you know three four hour game because it's so loud it just rings in your ears yeah um but the people at mississippi state everyone so amazing so kind um but we always are gonna have that interstate rivalry as expected that is a extra, that is a very measured perspective. You know, like, I don't know if you would be treated with the same courtesy were I to ask somebody who went to college there, but I think that's really nice of you. And, um, you know, you're, you made the point about being outnumbered by cows. Like, it makes sense that that would be kind of a rural area. Not that I've been. Yeah. But just, I guess in general, was it super jarring leaving Southern California for college in the South? You know, was I... Was it easy... I, so I've always been one to like want to kind of adventure, go to something totally different um, and just get that kind of, I guess, cultural, worldly experience, you could say. But, you know, I am a Christian. I also knew there would be a lot of Christians in the South, so I would feel like right at home with people there. Um, so that was nice. Like I always had people to go to church with and things like that. But for me, it was, it was super just fun. It was like Oxford is a quintessential town. It has everything you need. 
I mean, I guess not everything, no like de big department stores or anything like that. But like the food there, the people there, everyone was just so welcoming and so nice, which I think is really hard to find in a lot of other places around the United States. California, I would say we don't even wave at our neighbors anymore. Like, I just feel like we've come to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really fun to be somewhere where they really value like tradition, family, football, and food. Um, and then also faith. I kind of say like the five Fs, like faith, family, friends, football. And that's really all important. It seems like it. Yeah. Um, what about light fixtures? Would that be the sixth? Light? I've heard about chandeliers at tailgates. Oh my gosh. Yeah, those were incredible. There were live bands. Uh, there was also uh, <laughs> social media for the athletics department my senior year. And so working with Ole Miss football and Ole Miss athletics, I got to go around all the tailgates and people would invite me and say, here's our uh, mimosa fountain or here's oh. our buffet of food. And I was like, if I wasn't on a job, 100%. But Certainly. yeah, it's incredible. incredible. That's cool. It seems like a sight to see. I never got a chance to see it, but, but uh -huh. perhaps someday. All right. Me, you, MC, we're making a move this fall or next fall and we're doing it. We have Oxford. To. Here we come. Oh, yes. Cool. Hey. <clears throat> I want to ask you a few questions about your path through the sports business. Take it any direction you want to. Um, you know, the first one, you already told me how you got into it. <clears throat> what was it? I, I, my next one is, what was it like moving, not moving, after Ole Miss, you had studied out there, you were a part of the sports department, et cetera, and then you got your first thing with the Packers, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Did that just feel like, oh, I hit the lottery? Or were you like, oh, my gosh, the real work just starts? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. I don't yeah. think I really knew what I was, you know, expecting or getting myself into. Like, I knew I, I've always known, even before college, that I wanted to work in sports. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, my dad played college football. So he played at Tulane. And then he also played at Oregon State. And so football was always in my blood. So I knew I wanted to go somewhere that had... Um, you know, football in the culture, football, just, I guess, a school focused around football, and that's any SEC school yeah. for you. Um, cool. But for me, Green Bay was just such an awesome experience. When I went to the Packers, it was their 100th season in the NFL. Um, and so, one, to be part of such a historical franchise's historic year was truly incredible. Um, and that was the last year of the Mike McCarthy era. So it was also cool to kind of see, like, you know, this – really well-known and renowned coach coaching, you know, the Green Bay Packers um, and Aaron Rodgers. It was his huge extension year. So there was, there was a ton um, of things to experience, uh, but I worked my arse off and I'll just, <laughs> um, and sure. I think that you can expect when you first join an NFL team, especially as an intern is, you know, yes, of course there's perks and there's great things about working sports, but you're also working. I remember our game days, I would be there at 4am and I'd leave at, it would be as late as like, like I would almost be there all day. It was crazy, but it's also like whole village to run a uh, run a football game. And so again, I don't think I was fully expecting that amount of work, and um, you know, but I'm really glad I did because it really set me up for my future and future career working in sports, especially to have that name on a resume. Yeah, I I mean that they're <laughs> such an iconic franchise. Yeah, your point about their 100th anniversary and getting to see McCarthy who you know doesn't he have a street named after him there yes he does if you want okay. to see every coach gets a street um named after themselves okay that makes I mean <laughs> with and they deserve it too yeah um when you left Green Bay for Minnesota was it just like 
my my internship is ending and we're on to the next thing or was it oh we're like i'm sad to be going because i wish i could have stayed or what have like how did it feel yeah i mean i think with every team you know you're you're excited about the next opportunity but of course you want to stay where you're at so but green bay is such a traditional and long-standing organization that most of the people there have worked there their whole lives and probably will retire there no shot to them but there just was no opportunity for me as a young gun to come in and take on a role when you know people in my department have been there 18 plus seasons and that's not like that at every team but because it is green bay and it is such a small town you're going to see more of that so i knew coming up to my one year that i wasn't going to have that opportunity and they had talked to me about they're like kinsey you know we love you as an intern we would love to have you here but there's just no opportunities and so what I did was um, I went on teamwork online and applied to, I think, four jobs. One of them was the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And they were the first ones to reach out of the four. But actually, one of the other ones was the Chargers, fun fact. Um, but the Minnesota Vikings was a full-time job in sports. So I knew there was more security there versus another internship. So when I – something that I, I think a lot of people don't know about the NFL is that if you are interviewing for another NFL team – um, your NFL president of that team or COO or whoever it is has to sign off and allow you to interview with that other NFL team. Wow. And I had no idea. So I found out that um, President Murphy, who's like Mark Murphy, mm-hmm. he's the Green Bay Packers, he had to sign off so that I could interview with the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> well, I'm not special. I'm not important that you would sign off. No, but it's, wow. it's such an interesting process. So I, now that I know that, I, you know, when I – Especially when I went to like the Chargers, I'm like, okay, now I know the Vikings know that I'm in it. So like, regardless, I kind of have to tell them. And that was a good learning moment for me. It was like, at this point, you're not hiding anything. Everyone knows from top down that you're in elsewhere. So just get ready for it. Just get ready so, for it. Wow. I went to the Vikings. It was their biggest rival, I think, at the time, especially that year. So, um, of course, my team was like, oh, school, good luck. Um, <laughs> they were so excited for me. It was a full-time job and I The fact that the team president has to sign off on that, that's really something. But yep. teams are so secretive, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. What, is that yep. what do you think it is? Idea, but I guess it, it makes sense. I mean, of course, you're going to share best practices from each team that you've been with. And that's like part of what makes you a better person is just mm-hmm. learning from past experiences. But I really don't know why that's the rule, but I'm sure I could probably look it up and, and find it out. I'm sure I could give it a quick Google search. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so very, this is going to be a highly mathematical question related to your tw- time in the Twin Cities. Um, did you eat a lot more, a lot less, or about the same amount of tater tots when you got there? So you're going to probably be shocked. I've oh. never had a hot dish. Okay. And all my times, and I mean, I had the... Um, cheese curds that was like the green bay but in my whole time in minnesota which i guess was only 10 months because then the pandemic hit um but in those 10 months i tried to do as much you know midwest as i could and tour minnesota but i never had a hot dish so i would say um paid at zero okay less tots than expected (laughs) (laughs) i've always heard about it but I haven't really spent a lot of time in Minnesota either. So it's not like I've had a lot of family dinners at people's houses or something. And I, anyone I know that is from there, for the most part, they say that they grew up eating that. 
Yeah. That, that's consistent with what you heard, right? And I heard there was so much talk like, oh, Kinsey will bring you one into work one day. And then I never got it. So they didn't bring it. It didn't bring it. Disappointing. Mm. All right. Well, maybe it's good, but we don't know. It we seems don't. intuitively like it would be good. Tater tots as the base of a casserole. Incredible and so unhealthy. So I'm sure I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now you have um, what's probably your equivalent. Carne asada fries, something like that. Like here in California? Yeah, California burritos. Dude, I have to say, just beats out any other state I've been yeah. to. It, when you're in SoCal, it is the like creme de la creme of, <laughs> of foods here. So, I, I lived in Phoenix for a little while. And um, now that I'm here in Seattle, we have found like the closest thing I could get to like a Southern California burrito place. But they have one interesting quirk on the menu. They have a um, California burrito and a carne asada fries burrito. Which mm. to me is like, what's the difference? Because I always think about that as the same thing. That's the same, yeah. Mm -hmm. One has guacamole and one doesn't. That's it. Oh, well, which one would you pick? I'd pick the guacamole, one. duh. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I, I, you found a cool opportunity at Old Miss. You got an internship at Green Bay. That translated into a cool full time gig with the Vikings. You were there for a little under the year and then the pandemic happened. And what did that, I mean, it felt probably not great for everybody. Like it was a bummer for so many people for different reasons, but how did it affect you? Yeah, I think, you know, in a pandemic, I could say this probably would be the case for a lot of people that you start to figure out like, is this where I want to, is this job what I want? You really start to like say like, what's going to be best for me? Because now I have to worry about my mental health now i have to worry about me and myself like how i'm thrive and survive for me deeper i didn't like that i think was really hard for me so i made it about five days in minnesota five full days before being like okay i'm driving myself insane in this 600 square foot apartment like i need to go mm -hmm. home so i took one of my best friends with me who was at the tim rolls at the time shout out Christy. Um, but she, she came home with me and we were like, Oh, it'll be two weeks. We'll just pack our bag. We packed all winter clothes and two weeks that we were there in California. It was like 90 plus degrees. No. Um, so for me, it was like, when that happened, like, what? I want to travel. I want to travel. Um, yeah, till July 2021 for the Vikings. So I was kind of doing the 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the time change. Um, and then that's ultimately what made me decide that I want to look for opportunities. Yeah. So you made a call based on location. I Truthfully, that and then also just being around family again. Yeah. And if you're from there, I totally get it. I've, yeah. I've lived apart from my folks for about a decade. And like it, it weighs on you. I totally understand. Yeah, you miss out on a lot, especially in football season. You miss out on a lot of oh, yeah. exciting events and people's lives. And the amount of weddings I've had to turn down sucks. It sucks. Because <sighs> yeah. it's on a Saturday or a Sunday. And you, yeah, yep. that's a really good point. You miss a lot of weddings. About seven months out of the year to be exact. So all my friends that are on here, if you guys want to have weddings like January or no, not even January, February to July, I'll take it. <laughs> that's your window. You can only get yeah. married then. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> hey <clears throat> so at that point you found something with the chargers i mean I'm, it seems like it's been a, just based on what little i can tell it seems like it's been a super positive experience 
Yeah, it's been really good. It's been um, a lot of work. We have had a good amount of turnover, which is natural in any NFL season. You know, after a season, people start to reevaluate. Um, so we just had a lot of people hired and we're super excited. You know, we have more bodies in the building, really good experience coming to the building. And that's going to make a job a lot easier and better when you have people that can keep the ground running. Uh, but it's been great. I think with all that kind of turnover and a little bit of loss, it's, um, I guess for me, it's been really good because I'm up for a promotion. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. So assuming all that goes through, then I will be a senior manager in my fifth season in the NFL. So really excited about that. And um, just excited to continue to grow with this team. Again, I think we're so young and so talented on the business side and on the field, but there's a lot of really good things ahead and in store for the Chargers. It's super cool, and obviously I don't know what the business side is like, but just based on being a fan and watching things on the field, I would totally agree with that assessment from my limited vantage point. It seems like you're you're having boatloads of success. The momentum and, like, the stock ticker just keeps going up, on, up and up and up on Kinsey Incorporated. You know, I, my next question for you is, like, you're doing all of this in what is probably, like, a pretty male-centric field. That's true, right? Yeah. Um, I would say Is not carbon, that... but for sure industry. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is it any, like, is it harder than you expected? Is it easier than you expected? What is it like to be doing all of this and to be a female working your way through this industry? Yeah, you know, I, I would say just like some context. So most corporate partnership teams, like all that on, it is pretty female centric. Oh, okay. Um, however, mine is actually all males and then me and my VP who are females. So it's pretty funny with the turnover we've cool. had part of a bunch of males, which is awesome. And it also gives really good, like different insights and dynamics. Um, but for me, I would say it hasn't been the biggest challenge, which is really exciting. I think it's just because of all the women before us that have really paved away yeah. um, industry. And that's from on the field with like all those that are in the broadcast world all of your front office sports women that you see that are constantly promoted. Like Kelly Klein, who I worked with um, at the Vikings, is now um, really high up with the Denver Broncos. And so I think, you know, again, there's a lot of women in the that are really paving the way for the opportunity for more women to um, get into the NFL or just into pro sports in general. So it's not as hard as I expected. Yes, I think, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of um, – challenges with it but for me what i've really learned is like you got to kind of grow a thicker and harder outer shell um because i can be sensitive and internalize things <laughs> a lot of people don't know like i am a human and so for me it's like you know you see this boss babe kinsey at work who's just like you know, kind of like i wouldn't say i'm like a hard person but i definitely am more like um just yeah kind of to the point like let's get this done just like go 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 and that's just kind of my mentality also love relationships though, so let's not get that wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say I think there's a few instances in that where it's like, you know, as a female, I'm like, okay, like I gotta remember I am a female, like I do need to also hold my own. And you mentioned, so that's, I think that's a really cool answer. And, and one of the things you mentioned was the people that came before you, the ladies that came before you. Mm -hmm. Chances are good. There are folks who, are in the same situation that you were in back in, in Oxford five years ago, or yeah. LA or Oregon or Texas, wherever it is, like they a dream and they aspire of being able to follow a path, maybe kind of similar to what you are doing and where you're going. Mm -hmm. Any advice 
guidance for folks who are them aspiring of where you're at? Yeah, I would say like one of the things that always got me and it's just like known in general is so many times girls will not apply or females will not apply to certain jobs because they don't fit. I'm sure you've probably heard that before. Um, I felt that way. I think when I made the jump from the Packers to the Vikings, I saw on the list, there was a few things where I'm like, I don't know what that is. I can't do that. I've never done that. And that got me, that really got in my head of like, I don't know if I'm qualified for this job, but I'm going to apply anyways. And really what I just said was, Hey, I don't necessarily know, you know, the full breadth and depth and width of what this is, but I'm willing to learn. Like I will work as hard as you need me to, to make sure I learn and make sure I know what I'm doing. And I think that was really just having that kind of mentality is what made me successful and what made me kind of take that leap um, and do that next step. Because I think again, so many females are just like, I don't know if I'm qualified. And truthfully, as an intern, you know, when you're coming to the industry, we don't expect you to have a full length of, you know, you need to be with every NFL team or every college team doing this and this. Like, you know, you'd be surprised. A lot of times it boils down to, for us, it's your personality and your work ethic. Um, and if you can talk to people, if you can work hard and understand what we're doing from at least a partnership standpoint, we'll hire you. Like we want hard work. And so that also too is something that a lot of people don't know. Like, oh, I don't know what corporate partners Like apply anyways, like you never know. Try. Yeah. That's, it's cool to hear, like if you're smart, I mean, if you're bright and you're willing to try really hard and learn, it can happen. 100%. Straight up, it can happen. Yep. It really cool. can do this the more you like network with other people in the industry, even if it's not even like working for them. I think that's always going to be helpful as well because we talk in the sports world. We talk. So we know everyone, not everyone, but we know a lot of people applying for different teams and jobs and people will reach out and say, hey, what's your opinion on, do you know this person? And then a lot of times it's like, yeah, awesome person. I, I don't think I've that, but I didn't like. Um, but we do talk in the industry as well. So also people should know that, that, you know, if you are in the industry, we probably do know you or at least someone in the organization does. And you know, hopefully you're not burning any bridges. <laughs> yeah. It'll That seems like an industry. I don't know all the details, but if you were to burn some bridges, word gets around and like perceptions stick. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you won't get hired or you sure. won't second chances for sure. But yeah, you know, we are tight knit groups. And like, even when I was in New York, the last two days, there was um, Green Bay and Vikings counterparts that I had in the past. That's cool. It was great. But, um, you know, you just never know who you're going to run into down the line. So it's always good to keep those good graces and relationships. Cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hey, so you're with the Chargers. We already talked about the uniforms are totally the best i mean is it fair to say that no my question for you is which is the best and why is it powder blue <laughs> i mean i 100 percent agree with you so there's no uh, argument there it is 100 okay. powder blue um <clears throat> and i think to me it's like there's nothing like like for us what we kind of emulate is the ocean and sunshine with the blue and gold and the yeah. blue and gold and that's really our colors and who we are as a brand is like, we're different than the Rams. We're different than the 49ers. We're different than any other, you know, California or LA team. And that's just like, that is so Chargers. We were in San Diego. We were in LA. We, you know, we were in LA. We were in San Diego. Now we're back in LA. Yeah. And like, what sums up LA more than sunshine, blue, uh, powder blue specifically? So. Makes sense to me. And do I see it right that you've got some kick-ass Chargers nails? 
Um, I do. Thanks for. <laughs> uh, I usually do. Cool. I'm a little embarrassed. No, I'm like, not that big of a fangirl. Okay, maybe I am, but cool. I, yeah, I let my nail lady get at it, and she she killed it. So. It's probably fun for her too. Like, oh yeah, okay, we're gonna do some real wild card stuff today. Yeah, I mean, she. I found her right around the Super Bowl, and I because we got to work the Super Bowl when the Rams were playing in it because you know we were the only other team that knows the stadium as well as anyone else. Yeah. Um, and so she did a special design for the Super Bowl as well for me. So since then, she's been my girl. She knows she's me. your girl. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <clears throat> I, I got a couple of questions for you on just like the growth. I don't know if you call it the program, the growth of the franchise, like the direction that it's headed, et cetera, what it's like to be in your seat. Um, the first one is I saw one, a photo recently that you put up that was, I think, a new practice facility in El Segundo. Is that right? That is correct. All right. So did you get to keep the hard hat and the shovel or was that specifically for the photo op? So it's actually, there was a group of people that wore that for the like, um, you know, actual press and pictures. And that was your mm -hmm. Justin Herbert, your Derwin James, Tom Telesco, Coach Daly, mm -hmm. the, the important people, Dean Spanos, our owner. <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, so they left them there. They left the shovel and the hard hats there. And I was like, well, of course I'm going to grab one and take a picture. I got to do this. So I, I, um, but no, I did not keep it. I mean, truthfully, I don't think I wanted to. I really don't know how many heads that were, you know, had those helmets on. Oh, yeah, good point. I was like, we're going to make this really quick and then take it off really quick. Just for the photo op. Just do it for the, the gram. Yeah, do it, literally, do it for the gram. <laughs> My guess is that people are super psyched about that, right? Like, that's more roots in L.A. You guys are slowly getting your hooks yeah. into the city. We really want to cement ourselves as an L.A. team. And the best way that is to surround ourselves in the LA area and LA community. And so we will be around the LA Kings as well as the Lakers practice facilities. So we're really, we're really going to be like right next to them oh. further cement ourselves as that LA team. And I believe the Rams will be um, more in the Valley, probably like Woodland Hills area, I think. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, still LA based, but we really wanted to get in the heart of LA. Um, and, you know, obviously to be closer to Inglewood where we play, that's always going to be helpful too. That's nice too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. And on that note, like, can you tell me a little, just like insider's perspective, growing a fan base in LA, because I know folks from San Diego, I know what it felt like for them after the move. <clears throat> Has it been easier than you thought it would be or than people think it thought it would be? Has it been harder? Like, what's it like? Yeah. You know, of course there's going to be the like, Oh, you know, the debates of the back and forth and the move yeah. that's expected. But, um, Truthfully, for us, it's we're a whole different team than I think people realize. Like we are really trying to put our put out our own brand and really make ourselves unique. So what we do is totally different than the Rams. It's totally different than a bunch of other teams. We are that sassy, that quirky, that funny, that just like totally kind of oddball on social media and on the on the field type team. Um, which you don't see a lot in the um, NFL. We really try to humanize our players and make it fun and interacting and engaging for fans. Because at the end of the day, football is fun, as Justin Herbert would say, and sports are fun. You know, people come to sports games to really take a load off and to really just sit there and enjoy whatever is happening in their life. They can come to sports game mm -hmm. and have fun. And that's what we're trying to create on and off the field. Um, and the Chargers, you know, we're not the Lakers. We're not the Dodgers. very short won't be them in that terms of like history yet 
Um, but, you know, they, again, they've been around, you know, longer than we have. They have a fan base that's bigger because they've been around longer. But I think people are really going to be surprised with the trajectory. We've grown a lot over the last kind of few years since our move to L.A. Um, and I think we're going to just keep going up. And I think we are going to be a team to beat um, on and off the field going forward. So I'm really excited to see what this uh, what this season has in store because I truthfully mm. we are that much closer to getting a ring. They're super talented. I can't argue with that. Um, you mentioned being quirkier or like having you guys' really own ethos or vibe or whatever it is. I too have noticed that. I mean, not that I follow all 32 teams on Twitter or anything like that, but generally when something kind of makes it to my desk and it's funny, it feels like the Chargers have um, a little bit more than their fair share of the funny thing came from them. Where does this come from? Like, is this like top-down organizational mindset? We're going to have fun with this? Because like I look at the Cowboys, they're so serious. You don't have to... Yeah. yeah. No, and I don't mind talking to that. I think, again, like, just being with other NFL teams, it wouldn't work for the Packers or the Cowboys to have the voice of, like, what the Chargers have. Oh. They're so historic. Their fan base is a little bit older. Like, they're a generational team. We're this kind of up-and-coming powerhouse where we have that ability to have our unique voice. Um, and it really starts with our, you know, social media team, but also our ownership. Our ownership has to give us that freedom to, you know, create what we want to create and to make those gutsy posts sometimes and see how they're going to react. Um, and by doing that, like, it's really given our social team the freedom to create and our production team and our content team to create the kind of content and posts that they do that's made us go viral in several, you know, capacities. I don't know if you saw our schedule release video, but we did an anime schedule release video that combining we had more impressions combined than on that one video alone. And we really quite literally broke the internet. Twitter was saying, we beat out Avatar's trailer, which is unheard of for movies. Sure. Um, they were shocked that a sports team was going as viral as we were. Um, and that's coming from people at Twitter. Um, but yeah, just across the board, that was one of our probably like, you know, most noteworthy things. And it made little, you know, digs at other NFL teams, as I'm sure you could see in the video. Um, all within love, and, you know, we're not ever, like, hating on teams, but that's truly Chargers who we are. We're able to do that because we're different. I, um, it's funny you mentioned that there's a sports radio station from back home in Dallas that I really like, you know, when I go for walks with the dog or what have you, and one of those, those guys, or one of those shows, they like to talk about who had the best schedule release video, and the, I, the Chargers certainly won it. They thought it was really, really funny. So, I, I mean, look, like people, clearly, you notice based on what Twitter told you, but um, people are noticing. And I, I, I don't know. I think, I think um, it's neat and it's refreshing from like an external outsider's perspective. It's, it's cool. Like, yes, of course, we're targeting sports fans, but by also introducing anime and some of the other things that we're starting to do, we're getting yeah. a whole other level and layer of fans that didn't we would ever get. Um, I remember people saying, I'm not a fan of I don't watch football, but now I'm a Chargers. They may not like, you know, football. They may not like the sport, but they like what we do. And that's just as important too. Yeah. Bringing new people in, that's super cool. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I like you guys' approach to doing it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like, I, I mean, I know I, I brought up Dallas, but, um, Teams like Green Bay, teams like Chicago, teams like Dallas, they can't take the same approaches. Like your point really landed with me to 
get new people interested in what they're up to because mm-hmm. they hit their history, their legacy, whatever. So it's yeah. cool. Hey, you're an LA native. You're obviously you're working for the Chargers now. <clears throat> Let me, I want to ask you a question. Like, here's a perception I have. Correct me if like it's right, it's wrong. Yeah. I would love to know. I've always heard that because of how interesting LA is as a place and how many distractions there are and how many interesting things there just surely are about Los Angeles. Growing a pro football franchise there is hard, like harder than it might be. Um, I don't know, Little Rock or whatever, Memphis, like whatever it is, like name other city that doesn't have a big team. Mm-hmm. Is that legit? Is it not? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're going to get that with every major sports market. I think in New York yeah. and obviously the same Texas. I mean, I would say Cowboys are pretty dominant, but I think, you know, across the board, of course, there's other entertainment, other things happening in football game. But I think something that's super unique, especially to the Chargers and the Rams, is this stadium. And I think that's super helpful as well, as we are the like most state-of-the-art stadium in the entire world. Right now. Wow. People are coming to see the stadium, are coming to see the Chargers, are coming to see the Rams. It's a whole mix of it. And yeah. yes, growing fandom is hard in a place where, you know, LA is a melting pot of people. There's 49ers fans, there's Broncos fans, there's Cowboys fans, there's Packers mm-hmm. fans, like, Fans are all over in LA from all different places because of that melting pot. So, you know, we're maybe not going to be everyone's number one team, but we may be their number two as well. So that's kind of also how we look at it as, you know, of course we have the San Diego, you know, fans that followed us all the way to LA and we're continuing to cement ourselves in LA with our practice facility. Mm. But we also, you know, know that we are people's, you know, maybe second choice teams, third choice teams, and that's just going to keep help fueling the fandom as well. Um, but at the end of the day is we're really trying to work on that younger generation and trying to follow them in to be chartered so that we can keep, keep growing that next So That's I cool. think, you know, give it a few years we'll really you know, be in a good spot. Hey, these things take time. And like, it's amazing to me when um, so many kids right now are Steph Curry fans. Like you see so many Warriors jerseys. Like the Warriors were terrible when I was little, you know what I mean? But like one guy kind of changed the whole equation for the team. Mm -hmm. Um, The Patriots were bad, like really bad for a long time. And then they did what they did. And now you have Patriots fans all over the country that may not have ever even been to Boston. Cowboys fans from the 90s, right? Like, you know, folks that are older than you and I, they're everywhere. They may not have ever even been to the building. So I I think your your point makes sense. And like, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And we're Uh out of the fans that we do have, but we are excited to keep growing and again, cementing ourselves in LA. And that's, I think, what's going to be really important for this forward. Cool. Hey, you mentioned SoFi. I mean, it, obviously, it looks incredible, right? Like, I, I mean, I hope to get to see it sometime. I, I don't want to – you probably had to answer this one a lot or stuff about the building a lot, but I bet you I have one that you haven't had to answer. Maybe. What is the best concession at SoFi? Do so, you know? I don't – so we don't eat that food during the games. We have our own kind of, like, meals separate just as work. Oh. But – um, something cool about SoFi is all of our concession stands are based off of LA streets. So we have Oliveira Street, Fairfax, you know, all those kind of like cool. notable LA big streets. And each one of those is like the food matches that street. So Oliveira Street, you got your Mexican food, you got your burritos. 
Um, I believe, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but we have like an Asian infusion type of like street as well. So for fans that are in just general admission, they get access to that. And I think um, just based off of pictures, because I was looking at them last night, I'd say Alvera Street hit it up. It looks pretty good. Um, and then if you're in the club level, you know, we obviously have clubs that are like all inclusive food and bev. Um, and then something really cool about our first level in the stadium, I guess it's like level two, the way it's built, but um, it goes all the way around and there's four unique bars. One's a tequila, one's a champagne, one's a wine and one's a whiskey. So if you make your way around, you'll hit up each of those kind of areas and then they'll have food kind of pairings that maybe fit better with those. Yeah. So um, I can't really speak to the exact concessions, that's right. but that's what I can give you. Hey, that's okay. Had you been like, yeah, I've on a regular basis for every game day on Sunday, I eat a, a foot long chili dog or something. I, I would have thought that that's badass. I, uh, good for you. Cause I couldn't do it on work days. Um, <clears throat> all right, cool. You're an LA native. Um, if you couldn't be there, where would you go? Would it be New York? Honestly, it's so funny. I fell in love with it. I really did. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I had 36 hours there. So, of course, I'm going to be, like, you know, bright tail, bushy-eyed, super excited to be in sure. um, But I'm just such a fast-paced kind of go, go, go person that, like, when you walk outside New York, people are just walking fast and on their destiny. That was me. Like, All right, get my bag and go. Yeah. Um, I, love I love the hustle that New York has. But I must also give Oh, shoot. I think I may have lost you. Can you hear me? You're cutting out for just a second there. Can you hear me? Yeah, crystal clear. I don't know what happened. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> did you hear my last, so, last one was Florida? Okay, I did not hear the Florida <laughs> bit, but I also completely understand why you would say that. Mm -hmm. I just need more. Oh. I can't deal with the I feel that way, too. I, I, um, I feel my metrics for success sometimes are warm weather, reasonable cost of living, I need a swimming pool, and I want good Mexican food. And if like, I can get those four, like, I'm pretty happy. And are you um, in Seattle? Yeah, and I live in Seattle, so I don't really score all that highly oh. on any of them. <laughs> but are you a Seahawks fan because you're in Seattle? No, so I, I've, um, I've been out of school for about 10 years, and I've moved roughly, give or take, every two, two and a half years pretty consistently since, uh, since I got out. So I've been able to live in a few decent-sized cities with good sports markets. Like, I got to live in Nashville. I got to live in Phoenix. Oh. I got to live in New York, Seattle. Um, and... People ask me sometimes, like, oh, wow, are you a Seahawks fan now? Or, oh, are you a big Cardinals guy? And I'm like, come on. Like, no, just because you live somewhere new doesn't mean all of a sudden you, like, drop your old allegiances. Um, That's kind of what I had to do because I, oh. I have a – I mean, I kind of had a fandom growing up. Like, I would say we followed probably the Broncos and Packers most, but also had a family friend that played and worked for the Packers. So, you know, obviously there was yeah. some – there but nowadays when i'm asked like kinsey what team are you a fan of and i'm like you know the mm. one i'm happy to hear them all more so yeah um, but <laughs> no I'm, I'm a fan of every team i've been with um which is kind of weird people are like you can't be a fan of the vikings and the packers at the same time and it's like yeah but i'm a fan of the people so at the end of the day yeah. i'll be cheering on that team you know we're rivals on the field but you know off the field i love them um equally 
and I, once you get to know these people, it probably yeah. becomes more about the Jersey and the city, less about the Jersey and the city and totally. more about the, the folks that run the business. So totally. and on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about like career momentum. I mean, it seems like good things just keep happening to you. What kind of work do you hope to be doing more of or less of in five years? Like where, where, where do you hope this goes? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I've loved working in the NFL and I definitely, yeah. you know, see a future in the NFL. For me, you know, I also am like, it's, it's a laborious job. It's a lot <laughs> you know, long hours. You give up your weekends, you give up holidays. Um, and that's something that's hard when you, you know, eventually want to settle down, you know, take it a little bit easier on yourself. But while I'm still young, it's, you know, a good job. It's the hustle. But I could also see myself working with a big brand leading their sports partnerships. We just came off of a big sports partner summit for one of our partners, Diageo, and that was the one cool. in the And we're with every one of their pro sports teams. And so it was really cool to see that aspect of, you know, here's the brand talking at you, not the sports team talking at you. Um, so I could also see myself potentially the sports marketing, sports partnership team, the brand. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe then I'd circle back to the NFL at a higher level. I don't know. You know, cool. the, there's a lot of options, but I think title wise, like I've always been someone that's moved around for promotions. So I'm not afraid to go to another city or another state. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day is I want to make myself as best well-rounded as possible. And so to be well-rounded, like people are looking for, do you have agency work, teamwork, and great work, um, especially in our sports. So, you know, it could be an agency move or it could be a brand move. But I definitely want to continue to explore those things maybe a little bit later down the line. Cool. Agency, agency work, brand work, and teamwork. That's like the big, that's the big impressive triangle. So who knows what happens, but you at least know that. That too, because they want to see your selling experience, especially in partnerships. So maybe that, you know, your 3.5 tier. <laughs> Slightly off of a triangle. Yeah. Kind of a triangle. Yeah. Okay. Right. Hey. <clears throat> I, only a couple more left. You good on time? Another couple of minutes? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we talked a little bit about your come up and your, the, the cool moments that have led to where you are and some guidance that you might give for younger folks that hope to be able to go on a journey like you've gone on. Anything else you think you may have on that? Like stuff that was tough for you, stuff that was easy for you, things you wish you would have known at the time. Um, any other points on that one? Or are you good to go? Um, I think, you know, what would be helpful for other people looking to break into the sports industry is, you know, you probably will have to move around quite a bit to yeah. you know, get jobs and to keep growing your career. So, you know, looking for that flexibility. Um, and, and not everyone's made for that. So that's also part of it. Um, but I think that'll help someone tremendously if they're looking into the sports industry. Um, I would say networking, huge, you know, get to know as many people as possible, whether it be through college classes, through, you know, reach out to people on the, uh, net, or not uh, LinkedIn. Um, all those things are going to be super helpful and beneficial in your future career in sports. Um, and then also to just not, again, not being afraid to put yourself out there, unapologetically being yourself. Like when I would paint up for almost, you know, game. Yeah. Um, look what happened. That's literally what got me my like big major, you know, first kind of job in sports. And from there, they had so many connections as well. So 
um, between all those things, and I'm sure there's probably some I'm missing not thinking of, but those are all going to be really helpful keys to really breaking the industry. Um, and then also just listening to podcasts, I guess I would say too. There's countless mm-hmm. podcasts I'll listen to about sports and working in sports. Super helpful, um, especially to know what's going on in our industry as well as other industries. And that's also a big point you can make in interviews when you know what's happening, not only within the NFL, but with other pro sports teams. People like to see you know the sports world and you're diverse in knowing your sport. Cool. On Apodic, I think that's maybe my biggest takeaway. You just had a few really good points just <laughs> rattling them off right there. But yeah. unapologetically put yourself out there because, I mean, maybe this, I mean, the story holds with you. You just never know. Somebody might something really cool might happen, but it won't if you don't try. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm always encouraging cool. people to like keep trying and try again. You know, I applied to I think thirty plus internships coming out of college, and all I only got a response from one, and that one was a yes. And so I think that's super powerful too. Is like you're gonna get rejected. You're not gonna hear back from employers, but keep trying because. Like I, like, I think eventually you'll hit one and that one will hopefully kickstart an amazing career ahead for, you know, whoever you are going forward. Heck yeah. Just take, cause it only takes one. It only takes one. Yeah. One person it? or one team or whatever. And so I think that's been a really good learning for me as well as, um, you know, keep trying. <laughs> that's cool. Who was it? Mark Cuban. He was like, I only have to be right once in business. It's like, if I have one big score, I mean, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but um, <laughs> yeah, you, you just got to get right once. Even if you get rejected 29 other times, it's okay. It is okay. And I think like a lot of people have this, this like big fear of failure, but truthfully, some of the best work and, you know, best employees come out of maybe hitting rock bottom or failure point. And oh. so I think that's also huge. Too. Like, don't be defined by that failure. Just keep pushing because, you know, I... I've had stuff in my past where I was like, there's no way you're in sports or no way because of this or this. And here I am now and able to speak on this type of platform. Just super appreciative that you'd even have me um, on oh, yeah. talk through my experience. Everything. I was, I was flattered you would join. Um, yeah. As you know, this is an early stages of the project, but I thought you had a cool story and you've had a really cool journey up until this point. And, and I, I, I thought people might like to hear from you and, and, um, I'm sure that uh, I, I'm sure that they have because I know I've really enjoyed hearing from you. You have a cool story. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and I think for me, I have a question for you if you don't mind. But um, you fire know, away this mini series, and you're super passionate about interviewing people. Yeah. Are there any projects that you're working on behind the scenes that you would you know want to tell people about or have people look out for for you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm by day or my main creative pursuit is something that I really deeply love, which is just taking, which is portraits. I love taking pictures of people. I think it's such a fun thing. Um, So that's, I mean, you know, keep an eye out. I'll always put up new stuff. I'm going to keep trying to do this. I've got a goal. Like my first milestone was I want to hit 10 episodes and then look up and see like, see what it was like. Like, did I enjoy doing it? Did people enjoy watching it? Do the people that were, um, uh, generous enough with their time to ju- like do one of the episodes. Did they enjoy doing it? And did they feel like it was a cool platform for them to get to speak their mind, answer some questions, tell their story. Um, and I'm, I, I kind of want to make a call from there. So far I'm halfway in cause this is episode five and I'm having a lot of fun. Um, 
I always wanted to do something like this. And then I waited around for way too long before I started it. So I'm, I'm late, but I'm trying. I'm taking your advice. It's never too uh, Also, yeah, it's, I, was a, I was a broadcast journalism major and look where I am now. I'm oh, not a, shoot. But yeah, so if you have any questions for me, you can bounce yeah. off. Um, okay. Not to pursue that in the end, but you know, you're never too late to start something too. So that's also something to like tell people is like, you can be, you know, young, you can be old and like, that's not going to count against you, but job. just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I um, go. It's that you like push really cool content out on. I know Instagram is obviously a big one for you, but you know, are you in the TikTok space or, you know, else is out there? I feel like I'm getting older <laughs> with all these new things coming up <laughs> I find myself getting older too <laughs> I'm thinking about it you know I have dabbled I've tried a couple of TikToks my sister is um she is she's not TikTok maybe she's TikTok famous she's like a little bit TikTok famous and she's she's quite good at it um so she's been coaching me a little bit kind of behind the scenes like you got to figure this thing out you got to figure this thing out here are some ideas of what you could do so never say never I'm kind of sandbagging and not doing a great job of it yet, but that doesn't mean that I'm always going to stink at it. I might, I might get good, but I'm probably going to be way too late to the party, but I'm going to try. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. for me too. I, something that's been on my heart recently is how can I continue this platform to continue to share what I do and help others? Yeah. And Kaylee, who's on shout out Kaylee. Um, she's like one of my best friends in the industry. She works for me at the charger or works with me. And um, I was texting her last night. I'm like, I really want to continue this platform, continue to share my story, also or having a industry. So I was like, I need a new TikTok name. I'm going to start making quick TikTok videos. I'll frequently asked any questions or how to cut for it or like how, like, how do you get started? So I think you know, I've had that bit, but I have a lot of free time as of recently. So I, I really want to grow that platform so i think i'm going to turn my tiktok into something along those lines and if you come up with a really good name let me know because i'm open to suggestions i'll start thinking yeah we'll have on that <laughs> dude you could do it go do it like i it's a good idea it, it's something that there's there's gonna be people that can learn from that and that would think that was cool go like yeah. absolutely that's cool I, it helps when other people can encourage you as well because you're like oh i'm kind of shy i don't know if i want to do it but i'm like I'll do it. <laughs> I just got to get started. But now it's really just like, I'm going to set myself up, I think in the next month or two to really start growing this platform. So hopefully people That's can cool. follow along there as well. Well, <clears throat> on that note, if and when you do it, um, let me know. And it's not like I have the most gigantic audience in the world, but I will certainly share with my audience. Thank you. The folks who pay attention to what I'm up to as a friend of the show. That's yeah. weird to say. Um, <laughs> But on that note, is there anything else you might want to tell people um, where they can see what you're up to, where they can learn more about you, anything like that? Yeah, um, I would say I didn't really use any sort of, a lot of people use LinkedIn to kind of show what they're doing in the industry to connect yeah. with people. And I use LinkedIn, but it's so hard to like, this is also like what, you know, like pains me is like, I want to talk to everybody about my passion about talk on the industry and help a bunch of people but I get hundreds of LinkedIn messages probably a day wow. wanting. And it's just like, you can't hit everyone. So it's like, how can I further expand this platform? So maybe it is creating these videos on TikTok and then putting them like cross platform. Um, one of the things that I studied in college was uh, integrated marketing communications. 
And the most effective tool and way to communicate is using all of your platforms with the same message. And so I'm thinking I can hit TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn uh, with these videos and hopefully, again, just kind of grow my platform and hopefully um, help others get in the industry. At the end of the day, that's what, that's what I want. That's what's on my heart is I want to continue to help others. Especially. It seems like a real worthwhile pursuit and something that people would really enjoy learning more about. There, there's, I mean, just the fact that you're getting that many LinkedIn messages that show there's demand, shows there's demand to try to figure out how, how do you do what Kinsey did? So yeah. anyway, that's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's an honor for sure, but it's, it's definitely a lot. And I, I used to be really good at it. And then it just got to the point where work outweighed being able to reply to messages. So I'm sorry if anyone's ever reached out to me and I have not replied. <laughs> so. Her intent was good. Yes. I promise. <laughs> you mind if I ask you one more and then we'll wrap yeah. this thing up? Of course. All right. So I did not put it in the, in the notes for you. So it may be a little bit of a curveball, but there's a dude who runs a podcast where he interviews people kind of similar to this that I really like because you probably have heard of him. His name is Tim Ferriss. And one of the questions he asks most, if not all of his guests is, um, if you could put any message on a billboard, what would it be? And I think he asks the corollary is, what, where would the billboard be? So oh. I want to tweak this one slightly. Like, I, I want to remix this thing. Okay. If you could put any pop-up ad on somebody's, on people's phones, what would it say or be or do? And where and when might it pop up? Um, that's a real, that's, that's if you want to answer part of it, take like, I, even a little bit. What's again, what's stuck with me is be unapologetically you and be kind. Like those are the two biggest things. And that is how you're going to be successful. If you are not kind, you are not going to be successful in any job, truthfully. Yeah. Um, but being unapologetically you, that's my story and how I've come to where I am. So I guess, you know, that maybe fits best for me, but not everyone, but I would, you're saying, where would it pop up on your phone or like at what yeah. time? Like maybe what time of day or when a person is out at the grocery store or just waking up or about to go to bed or whatever. I'm a big morning person. The way you start okay. out is really going to determine a lot of things. And so if you get that message early in the morning and you wake up and you see that, it's like, all right, I have two goals today. Be myself and be kind. Like you're going to. I can do that. Hopefully that's a good enough answer. I'm like, dang. No, I that one. I'm going to probably come back to you and be like, I wish I said this, this, and this. <laughs> but sometimes the simpler things are the, are the simple things are really the powerful things. And I don't know if you can, I mean, I'm yeah. sure you can identify you wake up and the, one of the first things you think about is my to-do list is damn long today. And I'm really already kind of stressed out about all the stuff I got to get done. And that's a real bummer to kind of get you like, get out, boot up with. It might be kind of nice to get notified. Hey, narrow your scope a little bit like let's just try to be nice to people today mm -hmm. and it'll be there and be yourself and the rest will come I don't yeah know. we get caught up so much in just other life things that we forget at the end of the day we're working with humans and we're working with the people business um yeah. relationship business and so if you can just be yourself and be kind you know you're still probably gonna get emails that you don't want to receive you're still probably gonna <laughs> work like you can't say that none of those things are going to happen to you because we live in this, you know, imperfect world. But um, at the end of the day, if you can keep those core values and who you are, like, you know, you're going to hit hard days, you're going to have good days. But if you're doing you and you're being kind, you know, hopefully there's good things that come your way as well. 
That's a really good one. Um, (laughs) It is, it is simple, but I don't mean simple in a bad way. It's kind of timeless, you know? Um, Yeah. That's a, that's a really good last answer. Nice work. Thank you. Got approval. Love it. (laughs) Nah, come on. You didn't need my approval. You kicked ass. You're good. Um, been so fun and refreshing for me especially because i do want to kickstart more you know videos and more things and this was a good i guess like back in it i've done a podcast before but this to yeah. me refreshing and the face-to-face interaction oh. really getting to know you more as well and diving into a really good conversation hitting some deep hitting some funny like i've loved it and i'm just so appreciative of the opportunity with you and to share my story and love that you've shown an interest in me dude super kind of you to say that super kind of like i said to be generous of your time i I appreciate you being willing to do this and um yeah i I think you're you're a super super you know you're a bright shooting star and you got tons and tons of potential and all it seems like tons of good things just keep on happening for you and and uh, deservedly so so I enjoyed getting to hear more about it. I anxiously await being one of your first followers or like your first <laughs> new followers yeah. as you potentially do something pretty cool with your TikTok that it seems like there's some real demand for. Um, yeah, keep rolling and keep me posted on how things are going. I, I, I'm, and I will certainly be rooting for you and the Chargers this year. Appreciate it. Thank you. And this is not the end. I will continue to keep up with you and chat with you. And again, thank you for the platform. And oh, of course. Even- thank you thank you come for you as well enjoy the rest of your mini series i'll be watching (laughs) oh of course nice job today catch you later thank you sounds good bye bye hey y'all i hope you enjoyed my conversation with kinsey uh i thought her perspective was super neat and she's got tons and tons of momentum ahead of her it was really fun to get to hear about not only her life and her journey but also what it's like to work in pro sports because i've always been a big fan and um and i pay close attention and you know in the back of my mind i'd always wondered what it was like to be in this business so it was fun to get to learn more about it it was fun to get to hear her story and make a new friend and and kinsey i wish you all the best Really appreciate your time as well as the time for those of you that took to listen. I hope you enjoyed. Any feedback is welcome. You can find more out about Kinsey in the show notes, and I'll talk to you all again soon. Thanks. Bye.